The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. LinkedIn presents. Why would we want to model an optimal machine-based intelligence on ourselves? Here's a chance to use new models of intelligence to compensate for relatively well-understood shortcomings of the evolved human cognitive system. I call it evolutionary intelligence. Happy Wednesday, everyone. This is the Next Big Idea Daily, and I'm your host, Michael Kavnat. What I'm thinking about today is this question. Is technology making us stupid? With our increasing reliance on things like GPS, smartphones, and AI, it's become commonplace to worry that our machines are dumbing us down. But there is an alternate view, one championed by W. Russell Newman in his new book, Evolutionary Intelligence, How Technology Will Make Us Smarter. Russ is a professor of media technology at New York University, and he was a founding faculty member of the MIT Media Lab. He served as senior policy analyst in the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy, and here he is to share a few of his big ideas. The popular Turing test that measures how smart computers are has it backwards. Turing proposed that in a keyboard conversation, if you couldn't tell if it was a computer or a real person that you were talking to, then the computer had demonstrated true intelligence. What a classic human-centric mistake. Intelligence is the optimal selection of alternative means to a goal. Humans are notoriously and demonstrably bad at that. Various emotions, wishful thinking, and cognitive laziness often get in the way. Why would we want to model an optimal machine-based intelligence on ourselves? Here's a chance to use new models of intelligence to compensate for relatively well-understood shortcomings of the evolved human cognitive system. I call it evolutionary intelligence. Human capacities to get things done have co-evolved with the technologies we have invented. The wheel made us more mobile. Machine power made us stronger. Telecommunications gave us the capacity to communicate over great distances. Evolutionary intelligence will make us smarter. In the early days of automobiles, we dubbed them horseless carriages. Who could imagine a carriage without a horse? Today, many of us still think of computers in similarly historically bounded ways. A computer is a thing, a box full of microchips with a screen that you plug into the wall. Well, computers used to be things, but they have been shrinking, getting more powerful and connected into an immense digital network. At first, Computers sat on our desk, then in our laps, and then in our hands as smartphones. What happens next? They disappear, literally. They become part of a seamless, wireless, networked, invisible digital environment that helps us to drive to the right address with the help of GPS satellites, to pay for a purchase, to correct our spelling, to remember a phone number. Evolutionary intelligence tells the story of how all of this came about and, importantly, what happens next. The key question is, do we model machine intelligence on human intelligence, complete with all of our aggressive, selfish, competitive, self-serving impulses? 
Or do we refine a compensatory intelligence to save us from ourselves? We might pause to wonder, will we succeed at developing evolutionary intelligence before it's too late? So how would this computer-assisted evolutionary intelligence work in practice? One example might be intelligent privacy. We've probably assumed that our digital environment is the sworn enemy of our capacity for personal privacy. But putting computational intelligence to work for us can reverse that. You know that your personal information is a valuable commodity for the social media and online marketing giants like uh, Google, Meta, Facebook, Amazon, and X, Twitter. Think about the rough numbers involved. Internet advertising in the U.S. is about $200 billion. The number of active online users is about 200 million adults. So 200 billion divided by 200 million. So your personal information is worth about $1,000. That's every year. Not bad. So the idea is why not get a piece of the action for yourself? It's your data, but don't be greedy. Offer to split it with the internet big guys 50-50. $500 for you, $500 for those guys to cover their expenses. So how to make that work? Tell your personal digital interface that you want complete privacy and to share no personal information and accordingly forfeit any payment. If you don't care that Google and Amazon know that you love chocolate and collect stamps, have your digital interface negotiate a deal every time personal information is requested. You don't have the time to negotiate the details, but your smartphone does. It's smart and getting smarter, and it works for you. As soon as ChatGPT came out and started a new buzz about the potential of artificial intelligence, the bureaucrats in Washington started to recognize that AI could be the next big idea. The first thought was to set up a new federal regulatory commission to make rules and regulations about the creation and use of AI technologies. The lawmakers were candid about their inability to understand what AI is and how it works. But when in doubt, don't hesitate, just regulate. It strikes me as amusing. Trying to regulate artificial intelligence is like trying to nail chocolate pudding to the wall. It will never work. In my view, the attempt to direct this fast-changing category of mathematical tools through legislation or traditional regulatory mechanisms, no matter how well-intentioned, is unlikely to be successful and is more likely to have negative and unanticipated consequences. Artificial intelligence is the application of a set of mathematical algorithms. You can't regulate math. If the commission of a crime is facilitated by the use of an automobile, a telephone, a hammer, or a knife, the appropriate response is to focus on the criminal and the criminal act, and not the regulation or prohibition of tools potentially put to use. Concerns have been raised that AI may be involved in financial crimes, identity theft, unwelcome violations of personal privacy, racial bias, the dissemination of fake news, plagiarism, and actually physical harm to humans. We have an extensive legal system for identifying and adjudicating such matters. It strikes me that a new regulatory agency to monitor and control high-tech hammers and knives that may be used in criminal activity is ill-advised. The best defense against a bad guy with an AI tool is a good guy with an AI tool. 
Well, that's an optimistic outlook for you. Russ, for one, welcomes our chatbot overlords. But let's keep the debate going tomorrow when we'll hear an alternate view from New York Times reporter Max Fisher. He's got a book out called The Chaos Machine, the inside story of how social media rewired our minds and our world. And his take on the impact of technology is a little less rosy. If you're having trouble keeping up with all these big ideas, sign up for my newsletter. It's an easy-to-digest digest of the latest in nonfiction, a weekly roundup bringing the best new thinking right to your inbox. I'm Michael Kovnett. See you tomorrow.